0: Welcome to the Elmo Adore's Difference Podcast!
1: You're listening to the Elmo Adore Difference, a podcast that gets people from all walks of life to share powerful ideas and spread good vibes. My name's Elmo Adore Jr. and I'm a young Filipino passionate about the individuality every person can bring to the table. And I'm talking to unique people about how they see the world and how to make a difference. Coach Franco here and as a guest in my podcast, it's a great honor. Uh, his, his full name is Coach Franco Rullioda. Yeah, and he's a podcaster, travel food writer, uh, program director, and uh, he's also an IMMAF coach, you know. And it's really awesome to have someone as as holistically healthy as you, uh, (laughs) sir. I like the holistic term. I like the holistic term. You've got it all, man. You've got it all. (laughs) You got taste, you got power, everything. So, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, jump into it and say that um, I th- you've been podcasting for almost like more than three years now, right, Coach? Yeah,
2: yeah, probably two to three years. Uh, I started. I started with a few. It's called a solo cast because I was just talking. I was just basically talking on my phone. I was recording stuff, and then eventually, um, those. I had very, very interesting conversations with people. And then that just made me realize that, okay, I'm, I have access to really smart people. I have access and I have really good, uh, really good and engaging conversations with really smart people. So the idea behind the podcast was just, if, if they would allow me to record the conversation, then that's very beneficial for me. And then at the same time, I'd share it with my teammates, I'd share it with my students, or I'd share it with my friends. So that was the entire story behind my podcast. And then I started uploading it on the internet. I didn't really promote it that much until all of a sudden, people started messaging me that, I like that episode, or I like what you said in this particular episode, or "You, you made some really good points here. And then I started uh, uploading conversations, the one where, wherein I would talk to people. And then I mean, for, for something that has that format or something that has that format, it's very engaging. And I never realized that people would listen to it. Because I mean, uh, people's way of consuming things right now is very bite-sized. It's very, it's very uh, curated. So, for them to listen to a conversation between two people that's like an hour and hour and a half is it just baffles me. So, well, some of them said that they, they listen to it in installments. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I never really realized that people actually listen to the stuff that I put out. I never really put too much emphasis on, on promoting it. Uh, it's just there. It's just I have this conversation, I record it. I'm not really a techie guy, so I just everything is just plug and play for me. So I'm every time I do that, I just upload it and just leave it. So it's very it's very fulfilling and it's very to to a point of flattery. Now I I, I up, on, up until now I'm still surprised that people message me randomly saying that they enjoy this episode that um they they like the banter between me and the person that i had that, that i guessed it. and i'm like wow i mean people are really into this and then quarantine happened
0: <laughs>
2: so now everyone's consuming content whether visual audio and then the rise of podcasting is happening now i mean uh podcasting community that i am part of we started off with like 200 150 200 people now the last time i checked that page it's dude it's fucking like 1200 1300 people already so i'm like wow everyone's doing a podcast now so (laughs) you you, the, the the landscape has changed and with the change of landscape people have this abundance of time it's either you have Little to nothing to do, or you have a lot of things in your head that suddenly you want an outlet for. But since we all, we can't go out or our movement is limited, you you look for a medium. You look for an you look for a way to express yourself. And social media is not enough anymore. So hence, the birth of so many podcasts, so many audio visual or purely audio na na. Uh, content for for everyone's consumption, basically.
1: Yeah, um, I've I observed that uh, be- because um, podcasts are like really long conversations, you know, like uh, actually I think people can connect more to uh, whoever's talking because. Uh, in a real, when you when you listen to someone talk really uh, in long formats and unedited, just uh, keep keep talking about themselves, what they believe in. Uh, you can really see who they are compared to, for example, television, where it's just cut down to five minutes and all the best parts are shown, but not the parts where uh, the yeah, you know, like uh, the unscripted parts, it's not shown. You know, and I think it's really uh, the genuine, genuine uh stuff in podcasts are what drives people towards it you know and um i, I want to do uh, i wanted to ask you a question about um uh what how how important is your podcast to you and how and where do you think it will bring you in the future
0: uh
2: how important is my podcast to me? Honest answer is absolutely nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean shit to me. Uh, what matters to me are the moments, the moments that I share with people. What's important are the guests, the the connection that I that I establish with whoever is on my podcast. Uh, one thing that I will keep true to myself, whether this podcast will be successful or not is that it will always be, uh, at least for me, uh, at least for me, it will always be a medium. It will always be a tool for me to express myself and whatever message that I want to communicate to the world. Always remember that, that I, I have this mindset that my podcast is a platform. It's not, my, and that platform, will, the definition of that platform will always depend on what I want to give out to the world. So if I want to be stupid, if I wanted to be an idiot, if I wanted to be funny, if I wanted to put out like idiotic content, then then that's the direction that the podcast will head. But the, the path that I chose is I want to provide value for others. I want to share my experiences. I want to make. Each episode something that is educational and something that will tell a really, really good story. So so when when I made that decision, I always just remind I always remind myself every time I record an episode that this has to be a really good story. And with every good story is a is a lesson or many lessons that people can connect with they can learn from and then hopefully they can apply to their everyday lives so so far like a few episodes and I think I'm still I'm still on that path I mean I'm, I'm there's just too many I mean to be honest there's just too many stupid things out out in the internet already so might as well be the one that that provides like the good stuff like be, be, be the guy that provides you with something real. Because at the end of the day the the things that we see that are entertaining that are funny they're all temporary you're it's not gonna last it's you wait for the next thing but if you hear someone's story if you learn from that person's experience it's gonna stick with you forever
1: yeah so um uh, enough, enough about podcasts because like this is a podcast so it's like a f- uh, fourth wall break so um I, I want to ask you about Uh, martial arts because uh yeah i I studied i studied a little little martial arts back in pma but it was just you know like surface lessons like five or six and and i didn't really get to go into it deeper um as uh, when you talk to normal uh average citizens who don't get to have the opportunity to have uh martial arts lessons you know in uh, and all of that and only get to see it in tv or in 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 school competitions uh, how would you uh uh how would you convince them to pursue this kind of uh, passion this hobby or whatever it is
2: that is a very good question that up until now i have yet to find the right answer because you, I can tell everyone, I can tell you, I can tell whoever's going to listen and watch to this that, I mean, this is something that I ask people during the seminars that I conduct. Do you all think that martial arts, or I, I mean, do you all agree, do you all think that self defense is necessary? So uh, l- let me give you an example. I went to, I, I, did, I did this seminar, the self defense seminar in a school. It's one of the top universities here in the country. So it was about 60 to 70 people. So it was an org thing. So I asked them, do you think that self-defense is relevant? Do you think self-defense is important? And everyone said yes. And I said, why? Yeah, because you have to know what to do when, when you're being attacked. Oh, okay, so that you can be safe and yada, yada, yada. And then I asked everyone, how many of you are learning, are enrolled, learning, or aware of, trained before, training now, in any martial art or self-defense system? There was none.
0: Like, like a few
2: people tried. But you know, it's like tried. <laughs> they tried boxing. They tried Muay Thai. Uh, and, and the main reason and the motivating factor behind that was fitness. And I'm like, that's fine. That's good. But... So to answer your question begets another question. I do not understand up until now why people see the importance of safety, but they don't want to <laughs> train in any martial arts you know, or any form of self-defense system. So w- with that, reg- to that regard, we're both finding the answers. <laughs> you say, I'm like,
1: yeah, I-, I think it's about... Uh... How people can integrate it into their lifestyles because it takes time, it takes money for lessons, it takes your energy. You know, you have school, acad- uh, you have work, and how c- and you, you you have to do some chores in your house. So how can you integrate uh, martial arts in your everyday life? You know, and uh, maybe you can get lessons like twice a month. You know, I, I I'm not sure. Yeah.
2: Oh. That's that's another question that that popped into to to these things that I do. Uh, I I conduct self-defense seminars, whether in the office with with law enforcement people or the armed forces of the Philippines. So well the the Leos, Kumpaga, the Leos, they already know the reason why why they have to train it, but for ordinary citizens, um There are all I I categorize all, everything that you just told me under excuses. <laughs> I categorize everything under excuses. Why? Uh, you have money. You you have you allocate money for going up. You have money to buy dumb shit. Right? You, you, have, you have money to buy shoes, bags, gadgets. Uh, you have money to... To, you have allocated money for gimmicks. You have allocated money to, to go on a date. or I mean, it's not wrong, but when you prioritize, you're basically investing in yourself. So why aren't you setting aside an amount that would benefit you? And to be honest, and whoever is going to watch and listen to the show... Martial arts training in the Philippines is very, very, very cheap. It's very cheap. It's it's. How much does it cost to to have a monthly membership in a boxing gym? That's probably just a significant amount. Let's put it at 2,000, 2,500 pesos a month. That's almost a night out in a club. <laughs> See, so people burn that amount of money over the weekend. See, so when you start prioritizing, when you start, I'm not saying it's, it's. I'm never going to say that it's wrong to go out. Heck, I go out. I go out with my friends. I spend a lot of time with my with my teammates and my students and my family and my girlfriend. But I always remind myself that, this is something that's integral this is something that it's impo- that is important this is something that i have to learn this is something that i i have to strive for in order to improve myself so basically i am investing in myself i am investing in my safety i mean i am adding knowledge to myself and keeping myself fit and healthy so that gives you a very very big roi so I think it's just shifting the mindset of people to seeing the benefits, and at the same time, an hour and on uh, from the from the perspective of the martial arts community and the martial arts coaches and your fitness coaches, you have to provide value. You have to provide the right kind of instruction. You have to provide uh, a significant amount of yourself in order to to make sure that you give them what they need. That's the problem. One of the things that I see is, especially in our industry, uh, (laughs) there are a lot of people who who fake it till they make it. And that's one thing about martial arts. It's one thing about fighting. That's one one thing about combat sports. You can't fake this. (laughs) It's either you know it or you don't. Because you'll be you'll be outed you're you're going to expose yourself you're it's going to be embarrassing for you and it's going to be it's going to be very disappointing for on the part of your students and in the industry as a whole it's hard enough to convince people to train so if they have these very negative experiences it's going to discourage them to do so so, so it's, it's 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 there are a lot of factors there are a lot of factors but for me uh everything that we do in life like for yeah you know you have money for Facebook and Instagram and you spend a lot of time on social media and you do a lot of Netflix so I mean that's not an excuse I mean one uh, one episode of a series is like an hour so that's like training already
1: <laughs> yeah um uh, how about those uh people for example who live in like rural areas who have no access to uh, any teachers, any martial arts gyms? Um, how would one go about and trying to learn martial arts when they have no access to all this stuff?
2: That is a that that is a that is a very unfortunate thing, uh, especially for the people who are in the provinces. It's especially the ones who who are martial arts fans but they don't have access. So the really the, the really motivated ones the the people that the people that uh, re- who really want to learn you go to the internet you go on youtube you go on social media you go you go use the available technology or you use whatever access that you have in order to learn so or and or to, and or uh, for sure Here's the thing. We are a very diverse culture and we are a culture of fighters. We are very rich in martial arts. And I'm very sure that every region in this country has a form of martial arts. So if that if that is the martial art that is available to you, you go train that, okay? Let's take an example, Arnis. Every, every nook, cranny, and region in this country has an Arnis master, and an experienced student, or they have they have an Arnis chapter. There are so many Arnis organizations all over the Philippines. So if there is an Arnis school in your barrio or in your or in your municipality, then go learn it. And other things, well, not if there's if there's an opportunity to train something else, then you go for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah so um I wanted to ask you about the uh, it really surprised me when I, uh, when I read about this um ha- how did you become a travel and food writer you know like it's it's like uh, a little uh, yeah
2: okay that is a very that's one facet of my life that not everybody knows <laughs> weird nya nya ah, okay so so i i am a foodie Like I love food, I have this very good relationship with food, so I have a better understanding. I have a high level of, of appreciation when it comes to food, not just food. It's not about the taste, it's how it was prepared. Who prepared it? Where did it come from? What are the flavors of that region? What is the process behind creating that dish? What is the connection that is created between man, ingredient, the art or the craft of cooking. So something that I did as a hobby. And then it just so happens that uh, everywhere I go. So I've, I've fought in different places. I've traveled to compete. So, so I was able, I was exposed to different dishes. And naman, I want to be exposed to whatever is the dish of that region or that country. And I just enjoy eating. you know, I just enjoy eating. And then... Uh I would have friends who are in the who are in the advertising or in or in the like, like from from the print magazines to the online magazines. And then they will always make me their like invisible resource person. They go like Franco, if if I want to eat a really good burger, where do I go? And I always answer these questions and then um, several outlets will always ask me, oh, we're, we're do, I'm going to so-and-so province. What's good there? And I go, uh, you eat this, 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 and you go to this, this, this restaurant. And then um, I would do, I would ghost write food reviews for my friends. <laughs> and then from there, uh, this just happened like last year. Yeah, it happened like early last year. There's this uh travel website, they're called Discover MNL. So Discover MNL has their website. Discover MNL has an online presence in both Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. They're pretty. They're they're, they're pretty big, and I, I love. I, I was a fan. Of, I am a fan of that page. Then all of a sudden, there's this opportunity to to write for them. They were looking for a travel writer. Then I just by some stroke of luck. Uh, it, it, this is so weird as in they were looking for a travel writer my friend uh, who who also who works for when in Manila tagged my name they go like you uh, check this guy uh, check this guy out and then I was I, I communicated with them and then they said oh, who, who, how do you write uh, how do you I mean what's your writing style Uh, how do you look at this thing how do you so I just we had this conversation, and then all of a sudden they just said, Oh we're gonna we're gonna go to Bacolod, and then we're gonna feature in Negros Occidental." Oh, cool. Are you free yeah. on so and so dates? It's awesome, travel writer. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <laughs> that was it. I was like, "Yeah." My first stint with them. I was like, "Yeah." Oh, is this actually happening? Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is actually happening." I'm I'm on a four-day lead expedition. <laughs> Around Bacolo, the yeah. Trans-Occidental, meeting new people, eating a lot of food. As in, we ate a lot. You know? And then, all I have to do is write about the entire experience. Uh, I'm, I'm always thankful for them. Uh, Discover MNL. So, it's Walter C. and Lucky Alabado. I'm, I, I'm very thankful that they took a chance on me. They, they gambled and then they said, okay, let's try this guy out. And uh, the response for the articles that I wrote, the response for for the reviews that I made were were good, and I'm like, okay, I'm happy for this. So I mean, it's just something that I do. I mean, I, I write the stuff that I like, that I do, and I eat on my social media pages, and all of a sudden, yeah. people just recognize it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I I can see a pattern where it's just you trying to fill a de- demand and giving value you know like for example when you uh make a podcast or write vlogs for your uh, travel or food vlogs for your friends uh, all of that is just you feeling a need and giving genuine and true value
2: i think it's more of providing the value it's all about providing the value and i never asked for anything in return it I mean, I, I I enjoyed doing it, so it wasn't really it wasn't really a tasking thing. It wasn't a problem. I mean, write about this food. I mean, if I was if I knew the dish or uh, I was able to eat it before, then I could describe it. Then for this one, uh, I wasn't just for discover MNL. I wasn't just really uh, discussing the food. I wrote an entire piece about. The whole event. I, I wrote a piece about the entire journey, so from so from creating bullet points or from creating short form captions on social media posts. I I wrote an entire piece about a particular region. So I, it's it's something that I enjoy doing and and it doesn't feel like work. So. The same with the podcast it doesn't feel like work i'm just i'm just having a conversation with the person that i love talking leaving
1: to. Uh, all of that behind uh, how about we talk a little about the politics of uh, the country is that okay uh yeah um so, yeah so um mm-hmm. I, i've uh, ha- ha- seen that a is a never-ending topic <laughs> abs cbn franchise renewal but um so I guess uh, mm-hmm. in Twitter or on uh, social media, mm-hmm. the most outspoken group are those that, for example, that um go on the side of the anti Duterte administration. You know, but yeah, but the pro the real uh, uh, irony is that mm-hmm. most of the politicians, for example, in the in the con the, in the con in the Congress, they voted against what what the the most outspoken group uh, t- tried to mm-hmm. push, you know. So seventy against eleven—that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is uh, happening 11. in the country? Yeah, is, that, yeah. uh, is it really just that mm-hmm. uh, the anti Duterte people are really just out, really loud voices? They are. Are they really just an, a minority? And you know, they yeah. What do you think is happening?
2: Well, here's the thing: you have to, you have to understand the landscape of politics mm-hmm. and governance, uh, and and the entire landscape of what is currently happening. So, the way I understand this, and and this is something that I hope people will, will do their own researches, uh, research on is, there's a huge difference between politics and governance, and with every type of government and in any country, not just in the Philippines, this happens everywhere. Politics, more often than not, will always rule. What will be the decisions? What will happen to each country? What laws will be passed? And who who is going to be is going to be in control? Now, with in terms of the of this whole ABS-CBN thing, uh, they were under investigation. Uh, Congress voted and it's very true, even I was surprised that it was an overwhelming amount of votes. I in, who would have thought that 70 congressmen would, would vote that way, right? but here's the thing, people will also have to understand what is the motivation behind the investigation, what is the motivation behind, uh, what do you call this, uh, the decisions of those congressmen, and then What's the story behind it? It can't be, it can't be about ABCBN violating so and so and so and so. It can't be uh, ABCBN uh, not paying taxes or avoiding taxes <laughs> or they have biased opinions about so many things. And ahora naman, I, I I admit that most of their shows are trash, and <laughs> they're not really good. Pero I feel for what's happening because I have a lot of friends who work at ABCBN, and they lost their jobs. At a time we're in at a time we're in the pandemic, we were in a pandemic. It's a very, I mean, you can formulate so many opinions about the pandemic, this whole situation. But here's the thing: a lot of people lost their jobs, and at an economic crisis, you losing your job is very devastating. So they will they will have whatever whatever reason they may have for not granting ABS Ben franchise. There are motivations at play. There are reasons that they are not telling us. There will be under the table deals. There are a lot of things happening behind the scenes that we, that we don't know. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of people who became collateral damage. <laughs> they lost their jobs. And I think that should be the focal point of everything because now uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs, lost their jobs already. A lot of businesses closed down and then you add them to that number. You know, so 11,000 or it could be higher, it could be lower. But the economic repercussions of them closing down uh, has a ripple effect, and ito lang dyan. Ako naman kasi my 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 personal opinion on this matter is, you know that your franchise is expiring this year. If I was abs I'd be like, i will be telling everyone, Oi, medyo relax the tayo sa panin- Let's not antagonize the administration for at least for this year, okay? Let's let us not let us all kind of. Be neutral. Let's all shut up for a moment. <laughs> and, and, and if you want to take a slight jab, go ahead. And then let's just push through with this whole renewal. Once the renewal is, is done, I mean, everyone's safe. Then let's do whatever agenda we want to do. But nobody did it. Right? Nobody did it. And since nobody from management pl- played their cards right, a lot of people lost their jobs. And now, it, one huge network is closed down or I think they'll probably weather the storm. Uh, 2022 will be another election, there'll be another president. They can lobby to that president to, uh, what do you call this, to renew their franchise. But you know, we'll we'll never know and majority of their operations are now going to be pivoted on their online platforms. They're going to be on Facebook, they're going to be on YouTube, they're going to be on their uh, digital platforms. So it's not it's not entirely closing operations. They're just cutting a lot of offices. They're, they're going to weather the storm. It's just sad that this had to happen. And at the same time, if the government can do this with one station, what's... What's keep what's stopping them from doing this to gma what's stopping this from doing what's stopping the government from doing this to tv5 rpn9 Ibc 13 everyone's if if this administration this government or Duterte, the person hates you they'll find a way to bring you down so that's how it works now and and everything is is all about weaponizing the law uh when it comes to the to your previous point, the anti-terror bill, that's a totally different topic. And um, I did an episode with the dean of FEU law. His name is Attorney Mel Santamaria. We we had a lengthy discussion about the anti-terror bill. Uh, for obvious reasons, he was very anti... anti he was against the anti-terror bill. Uh, after I had that, that episode, I reached out to Congressman Nograla I was hoping that he would be on the podcast so that we can he can he was he was one of the principal authors of the bill pero that episode didn't push through because he was very busy he was he was all over the place he was he was on on a lot of uh news outlets debating with people so sayang sayang pero yun nga uh it's it's all we're we're living in weird times i mean if you're in my personal opinion, there are so many things that should be prioritized, but malá, it's not happening. The government's not doing anything. Uh, you do your best to understand their situation, because if you're on the side of the government, it's so hard to roll out uh, what do you call this? It's so hard to roll out uh, projects simply because you have you have you have this certain amount of uh, bureaucratic procedures to follow before you can push through with anything so and you add the fact that yeah um <laughs> uh, well what I, so, what,
1: what I what i can say about this is um when it comes to the abs thing uh, when you look at it at a macro perspective uh, politically uh, for example in the past uh, uh in the uh, aquino administration you know in, in the Pinoy's uh, administration. On uh, the on the last two years of his administration, he had a crackdown on potential political enemies, especially uh, the vice president, former vice president Binay, and, and a lot of other people that they see they saw as uh, enemies in the incoming election. And but th- what they didn't see is how Duterte would come in at the uh, last moments of the election and. Uh, w- well win in a a huge avalanche Uh, well uh, when you you see i can see that pattern going coming happening as well today where uh it's it's the last two years and duterte has bigger plans for the country especially his populism and constitutional reform and that will take him like longer and so they have to ensure that the 2022 elections will come to a candidate which would uh push through their agenda you know and that's why I think that-
2: mm-hmm. and who would yeah, that but, be uh,
1: so that's why I think that uh, they're cracking down the biggest machinery well it, it's a it's a in a macro perspective you know in a in the bigger picture they're cracking down mm-hmm. the bigger the biggest machinery of the liberal Party which is the abs CBN you know
2: Mm mm-hmm. and that's been one angle that people are discussing for the longest time. So if you're clearly again we go back to the previous point that I said na if you're against this government or hindi uh, na nga government if you're against this administration they're going to use everything in their power to minimize your control or just totally shut you down. Right? It's it's that's a you that's the main angle that people are looking at because abscbn has so i mean it has a big reach kumbaga so if you take that out you're taking away the machinery behind the liberal party so and again, it's a it's a very viable reason one of the reasons that people are our analysts are really looking at because um, if you if you take that out of the equation then you can concentrate on, on the smaller aspects of whatever propaganda that you know. Because, I mean, today's landscape is all about propaganda. It's going to be your propaganda versus my propaganda. Whoever has a wider reach, whoever has the nicer campaigns, whoever has the more conversions on their campaigns. You know. Well, um,
1: uh, what I can say about that is, uh, yeah, we could all admit that it might be all political, all the, uh, the anti-terrorism bill, the ABS-CBN franchise renewal, and all of the crackdowns against his political enemies. But uh, with all that politics, I think it's actually uh, deep inside what the most of the population, the Filipino population, want. For example, the uh, Duterte's uh, agendas actually reflect what most. Filipinos were craving for during the Aquino administration, you know, like for example, uh yeah, the, the eliminate the um, eliminating or stopping oligarch the oligarchy and elitism, more on social reform and all that stuff, and and yeah, and the focus on overseas Filipino workers, you know, and uh it's it's more uh, all the politics is actually just a result uh, and a reflection of the Filipino, what the most of the Filipino people want to happen. That's why I think the outcry in the last twenty in, the last elections for Duterte to win was clear and absolute that people wanted what he wanted, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people got tired of the promises of the, the Ang Matuwid and all that stuff, and yeah, and a lot actually, a lot, a lot, a lot of people actually happy of what is happening in the Duterte administration. No matter how how uh, how much anti-Duterte people cry or yeah, how much they speak speak about it, uh, a lot of people still want what Duterte wants. You know, and so that's what really pushes him. And that yeah. is very
2: true. I in... see. Duterte is a very popular president because he's he's charismatic. He's he he's the he's the guy who will say what he wants when he wants when or why he wants it. And the thing about the thing about what he's doing now, okay, I agree to I agree to the things that he's doing. Uh, whatever some of the um, majority of the policies that he's implementing are good for the country but at the same time you also have to look at uh, at what cost or uh, to up to what extent is uh, the he's gonna provide something but what is the an imbawi. so he will push for any kind of reform he will push for a lot of uh, changes in in the bureaucratic structure of the of political government governance pero, at the same time, you cannot discount the fact that we are slowly being invaded by China. Yeah? A lot of the things that China is doing is being tolerated by the Philippines. There are there are a lot of, uh, I how do we put this? There are a lot of things being tolerated or that we are tolerating when it comes to Chinese infrastru- China infrastructure, Chinese presence. Uh, I mean, best example is the Pogo operations in the Philippines. Diba? They're not, they're not, they're evading taxes. They're not being held accountable for whatever nuances they're doing. So it's it's a lot of give and take. Duterte is going to do something. Okay? His administration is going to do something. But at the same time, they, they fuck up in some other thing. <laughs> so, pero siempre. That's the thing. Eh? You cannot, and that's the thing. Ako, when. When people ask me anything political, I always tell them, being a president is a hard job. Okay? It's not a job for one person, actually. It's hard. All right. <laughs> okay? So he's gonna make good decisions. He's gonna make bad decisions. There will be times that he's gonna be eloquent. There will be times that he will sound stupid. But at the end of the day, for me, he has done more than some other than. Pretty much any other administration that that this country has has undergone. I mean, siguro the best one that I you could probably compare to is like siguro, Probably Gloria. Gloria uh, We had we had we had a good economy. We had uh, financial stability to some degree. Everyone's livelihood was was fine and then it all went down when when Erop came into power and then of course there's Pinoy and then everything was inherited by the Duterte administration. He's done a lot and if you're not reading the news or you're not paying attention to what's really happening, you you won't see it because he's not like any other politician or he's not not a populist politician we're in for everything that he will do he needs to be extravagant about it he needs to advertise everything he i i with the with the local travel that i did i I see the things that that apparently are his part of his projects but i'm like okay how come nobody's talking about this (laughs) i mean i would i i always uh I always end up debating with people because there will always be your anti-Duterte. There there will always be your pro-Duterte. But when it comes to politics, again, it's a never ending topic. It's a never ending debate. But At the end of the day, when when it comes to achievements, he's done more for the LRT-MRT project. He's done more for the continuation of the Skyway project. He has done more to alleviate uh, economic conditions for the poor. He is very unprecedented but he gets shit done. point. <laughs> now, when it comes to handling this whole, this whole COVID scenario, uh, uh, he's not a scientist. He's not a doctor. He's a person who should form a team or a delegation of people who's supposed to handle this. And so far, uh, the Department of Health is doing a very crappy job. And... Well, na, this is the time we're in, we see a lot of... Uh, this is where a lot of political connections come into play. Duke should be... I mean, for me, Duke should be gone long time ago, but apparently, he's friends with the brother. And then, uh, there's a senator that walked around uh, a very... Walked around Bakati Med knowing that he was COVID positive. But since he's a political ally, wala. nothing was done. And then uh, one prominent uh, PNP official, mananita was never held accountable for his actions. Why? Because he has strong ties with the president. So again, it's a give and take thing. Uh, there will be pros. There will be cons. But up to what point will people tolerate? That's that's my fear. That's my fear actually. Uh, people are quiet now, but it it only takes one it only takes one trigger that multiple parties can capitalize on to create a movement. And once you do that, it's a it's a snowball effect, yeah. So that happened with EDSA-1, that happened with EDSA-2. So I really feel that, I'm really praying that it doesn't come to that point, especially at this stage in our lives because everyone's uneasy. Everyone is, a lot of things are uncertain. Social unrest will definitely go up and it only takes one event, It, it only takes One person to stand up, and then everyone else will follow. So we'll see. We'll see how this thing pans out.
1: What would be uh, your lesson to or your life goals when the time comes that yeah, well, we have to face the idea, a concept of death, and uh, Mm -hmm. when that day comes, what would you be your legacy? You know, like what would you have been? What would you have achieved hopefully a
2: good one yeah yeah <laughs> hopefully a good one yeah hopefully a good one so ayun know, um of course I want to I want to leave a legacy Where in
0: mm-hmm.
2: when the day when the day comes for me to meet my creator
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm gonna look down and see a lot of people in my funeral
1: yeah that's
2: that's, okay. that's at least that's the that's the ideal uh, picture that I want to paint for myself mm-hmm Because if a lot of people attend your funeral, it simply means that you've touched their lives. It simply means that you made a difference in their lives. So that's the legacy that I will leave behind. I want to leave behind something that provided Mm -hmm. something good for other people. It made them feel better about themselves. It helped them improve, whether in a small way or in a big way. Uh, I want to be the instrument that would tell them to live each day or take it one at a time take, take take in everything that you can that you can absorb with with your day whether it's a good experience or a bad experience it's all about having a, a better appreciation of each moment having a better appreciation of the people around you and living living with the decisions that you made with your life yeah whether it's a a good decision, a bad decision, a stupid decision. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have regrets, but I think it's a better approach that we are all capable of living with our decisions. Okay, Mm -hmm. with it, we made a bad decision at that particular time. It was, we thought it was the best one during that time, but it didn't pan out the way we wanted to be. Then if you can live with that, then you'll be at a better place. Um, What else? Uh, I want people to know that it's okay to fail. I want people to know that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to feel human mm-hmm. because we are. And then we take everything that we learn from all those bad experiences and then convert them into something good. And then at the same time, everything that you learn, you have to share. Mm-hmm. You have to pass it on. You have to pay it forward. I say, what's the point of learning something what's the point what's the point of getting good at something if you're not gonna share it Uh, yeah humans are social beings we're meant to connect we're meant to to socialize we're meant to be with other people we're meant to exchange ideas
0: Mm. we're
2: meant to debate argue enter and we're meant to interact Mm -hmm. that's why i'm at least yon uh that's that's one thing that I want to leave this world behind mm-hmm. I mean when that time comes I know that I've lived the full life mm-hmm. those are the things that, I, that goes through my mind knowing that with every waking with each waking day
1: um, I think it's uh we can hello. Uh, yeah I, I think we can wrap this up So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thanks.